Hello and welcome back to Searching Inward, a podcast brought to you by Restore Small Groups here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I'm George, joined with Seth and Scott and Anna, and we are on this uh, 36-day journey of transformation, uh, taking uh, one of these days, making it an episode, and having some conversation around that day. And today is a one-word episode called Kenosis. So no messing around. We're going to jump right into this. That is not a new uh, pharmaceutical drug. Uh, it is not a skin disease. Uh, it is a very important process of the journey of transformation. And Scott, you um, this was a word right from the beginning, before you even began writing the book. Like This was very formative. And you said this, and then Scott, I want you to just introduce this, uh, this word to us. But you said, until we let go of the old patterns... We will never experience new freedom. This is at the heart of kenosis, emptying out old patterns. What is the meaning of kenosis to this journey of transformation, Scott? So I'll have to give everybody the context from which this word came into my life. But it was about eight to nine years ago, at the same time that I had read Covey's material on the paradigm and his philosophy that... that uh, until we, we're always going to be dealing with symptoms until we strike at the root, which he said was the paradigm, which is what we really, really believe at the deepest level. And that's where we form the lens in which we see life and our everything from. So about that same time, I was studying Thomas Aquinas's uh, arguments for the validity of God that he, uh, which he wrote hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And... He talked about um, motus, which was the first time I heard that word, and he was saying that that was his first argument for the validity of God was it uh, was motion, the argument of motion that nothing moves itself. There has to be an initial mover, mm. and he says that is God. And then, as I studied it, he also introduced the word kenosis, which is the emptying out, the letting go, the, the making room for the divine. And then he introduced the word theosis, which is the divinization is where the divine then comes in. And that leads to metanoia, which is transformation. And so I, I felt like, wow, there's, there's the path. You know, you, it starts with motion, which is hope, the hope of change. And then as we move into the process of transformation, I think it really begins with what is it that I must let go of? Because uh, I, because as we know, if I'm still clinging to these other attachments, how um, how am I going to how am I ever going to be free for something new and better to come in there if I'm still doing the same old thing, which is again the definition of insanity. And so I read Rohr's book about the biography, Eager to Love, of St. Francis Assisi, and he opened the book with um, this little quote, something old, something new. And he quotes this poem from Neil Donald Walsh. It just floored me. I said, this poem is the definition of kenosis. And Walsh writes in his poem, yearning for a new way will not produce it. Only ending the old way can do that. You cannot hold on to the old all while declaring that you want something new. The old will defy the new. The old will deny the new. The old will decry the new. There's only one way to bring in the new. You must make room for it. And that is, to me, the greatest definition of, of, of kenosis. 
just a simpler way is it's, it's making room. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. Go ahead. No, it's it's making room by letting go of something. Right. I, I think you or you quoted Richard quoting Saint uh, Francis of Assisi saying that it's letting go of something tired and empty mm. in our lives. Yeah. So uh, this making room first begins with letting go of something and knowing that the newness is coming not just from ourselves but from God, right? So we're we're, yeah. we're partnering and participating with God in the process of kenosis. But it begins with motion on our part of what is it that we need to let go of and make to make room for that. And George, I read this quote about kenosis. It says it's, it's even grace that makes room for the mm. movement of kenosis. I thought that was beautiful. It's, it's, it's a beautiful spirit saying, let go of this that's old and tired is pulling you down and it's going to is continuing to hurt you and harm you, and it's not fulfilling, and I will make room. So the first step of kenosis then, Scott, is establishing maybe an understanding of God's participation with us um, in this. It's the anchor of God's loving presence. You say grace is initiator of, of kenosis. So Anna, and I guess it's, if we could understand a different, have a different understanding of how God's engaged in this process with us, that God is with us and not against us, that we're worthy of God's presence and his best in our lives and his participation to help us as we make room um, to guide us to something new. Yeah, what, what, what does that look like? What, is it, what does it mean for us to realize that we're worthy of this loving presence guiding us through this process of kenosis? Um, I think it largely um, requires us to maybe change some fixed mindsets that we have had in regards to God and how he views us and how we view him. Again, like the fixed mindset is going to be um, an antagonist to any kind of growth, right? Any kind of change. And so... In order to change that, we need to understand what is the fixed mindset that we're struggling with in regards to who God is and how He sees us. Um, is it uh, is it a is it a grace oriented uh, perspective or paradigm that we're looking through? Because it is going to require grace to engage with kenosis, which is the emptying out of what no longer serves us. And I think maybe a lot of people from a um, a faith background would struggle with the um, paradigm of moral perfectionism and how God expects that of us instead of embracing, that's very much a fixed mindset, right? That we have to be perfect. We have to measure up. We can't make mistakes. God is going to smite us if we if we fall short, Yeah, which re- really leaves no room for grace. And to embrace that grace mindset, we can begin to empty out some of those beliefs, and we can understand that um, making mistakes is literally part of the learning process. Like, that is how we learn. And as created beings, we were created to learn. So actually, in our creation, in God's plan for us, is 
to make mistakes so that we can learn. So instead of being afraid of those, being afraid of how God views us or of not measuring up, we've got to change that fixed mindset and really begin to look through a paradigm and a lens of grace. So what you're saying is that making mistakes is a part of the divine process and does not repel. Yeah, yeah. And does not repel God's presence, but maybe that's where... It invites it be, in, can, right? Yeah, it could be most We make near, mistakes yeah. and we realize we fall short. That is mm. when indeed we actually need divine, right? It's not yeah. when we get it right. And Scott says that it's grace that creates kenosis, it's, which is not judgment. It's it's not based out of shame, right, Scott? It's yep. a beautiful spirit saying, uh, you can trust me in this and, and you can let go of this because... I'm healing, I'm guiding, I'm loving, and we are going to make some room for some new. Yeah, I think it's such a different voice, a voice of condemnation versus a voice of, of, of opportunity, of something new, something even more beautiful than, than this is what you're clinging to that is old and tired and pulling you down. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to set you free from that. Yeah, a completely different voice. And Seth, that I guess we need to start the process of revisioning the narrative that we have, not only of God, but the stories we're telling ourselves about the experience of life and our experience of life. Um, so, how do we revision those narratives? Well, I was just noticing on page two hundred one. I don't know if that's what it will be in the future printing of this book, but where Scott for says for today, yes, uh, he says that remember. Movement toward the divine doesn't necessarily mean kenosis has occurred. Mm. He says that we can remain attached to old patterns even as a Christian. This is why our paradigms are so important. They can keep us bound even while Christ declares us free. I think this is a huge, (laughs) huge thing, you know, like we can keep reading these passages that say we're, we're, you know, we're free in Christ. But if we haven't worked with our paradigm, if we, if we've only move towards, but we haven't done anything about um, the stories we tell ourselves, then we're kind of stuck in this illusion of like, what's, why am I not changing? Sometimes it's called spiritual bypassing, right? Um, But, but yeah, like, I just think part of this is like, if we don't, if we don't like pause and make space um, to have a different option than the regular paradigm, then we can't really expect ourselves to make any changes than our normal response, right? So a, a real-life practical example, um, well, you asked the question, how do we change the stories we tell ourselves? And I yeah. think it's largely about uh, giving ourselves some space in between stimulus and response. That uh, Scott quotes that, that uh, Frankl quote like 20 times in the book, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> and I think this is this is it. Like it's largely about giving yourself the space the, to pause and take a deep breath. So the real life example for me yesterday was um, I was working from home because I had um, one of my kids was sick, and you know it was really last minute, and so we didn't have any options for babysitting. Um, but I noticed halfway through the day, like my mood was kind of lower than than normal. And hmm. normally I would have kind of kept on going and, you know, just pushed through and tried to get some stuff done. And, you know, I, I chose to pause and attune to my inner experience. And I found out I was actually experiencing 
the emotions we all know called sadness and loneliness. And working on my own isn't my favorite. I prefer to be with people I trust and, and feel the synergy of, of accomplishing things together. And it wasn't until I actually attuned to these emotions to feel them and process them and metabolize them that I actually felt a little bit better and could continue to get some stuff done, you know? And um, yes, but that was a example of um, working with some some old narratives that that I didn't realize were running the show until I paused, you know, to do something about them. How did that, how did that change the experience of the day from that point on? Did it? Um, yeah. I mean, simply one of the most simple ones was just my mood was lower. I was just had low energy and affect and I was able to actually just move into more. Like accepting it and shifting to, yeah, I got lo- a little low energy today and it's because of this. And so I'm going to, uh, yeah, make well, well, make make room for this and and work my way through it. Yeah, well, and I didn't realize that those emotions underneath the surface were um, causing some of the thoughts that I was has, having about my low productivity. You know, and I want, and it wasn't until I processed ju- ju- them that I was more able to start. Yeah, attitudes at yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I was able to move into um, more productivity and and just more presence with my son as he was sick. And honestly, I was just happier simply put you know yeah yeah wow that's so the awareness and the process of kenosis in that was giving yourself space mm-hmm. uh realizing that it did not need to come out as judgment against you but it was a realization of like oh yeah this this could happen to anybody and um now i got a better way to to finish this day and scott um you mentioned that kenosis is a lot like uh, we talk about 12 steps, like the first step in a 12 step is admitting I need to let go of something, powerlessness, and that God could take care of me in that. So how, how does yeah, how does kenosis relate to that first step in, in the 12 step? Well, again, I, the origin of the 12 steps comes from the Beatitudes, bless our poor in spirit. There's the so that the first step where I admit that I'm powerless over my human condition, my life has become unmanageable, comes from that beatitude. Mm. Jesus saying the most blessed place you'll be is when you become aware of your the emptiness of what you're clinging to, what is taking life from you, actually, that you're going to for life. And when you really realize that I have the answer for your human condition. And so it's... Um, kenosis is... Again, I want to take us back to just how important awareness is. It's not only just, I can have all the awareness of the things I need to change in my life, but I can, if I'm not aware of what I need to let go of, the, the kenosis effect, what, what is really keeping me in bondage? Where's my attachments? Because these can be very uh, deceiving. You know, We can still be in bondage to them, and we think we're moving away from them, and we're really not. And... Uh, and so it's, uh, that's why I think we need grace. Grace is the most powerful force in the universe. It helps me become aware in a very loving way. Scott, can you see how this is still holding you back from the true freedom? And so the, the first step of the 12 steps sets up the whole rest of the 12 step process. As we, we read in, the, in 12 and 12 that it's the only step that must be taken perfectly because otherwise, mm. What we're in is denial. And I really want our listeners to understand 
if I'm still clinging to things and I think, well, I'm not, and I'm in denial about that, it's just um, I'm going to remain stuck. So kenosis sets up the whole process, I believe. It makes room. When I finally say, you know what, this is old, this is tired, and this is wearing me out, and uh, it is empty, and it is not serving me for any good at all, and I'm clinging to it in desperation. I've got to be brave and courageous in God's grace to trust Him and to let it go. And that, um, for a lot of us, maybe is something new, that there really is a, a guiding presence that, that that we could trust. And, I mean, that's so powerful. Taking that that step, that first step, isn't part of it, is going, I'm not in this all by myself, I'm not in this alone, that there is a voice, not of judgment, but of a voice of helpfulness and uh, wanting to guide us toward thriving and healing and um, being more free from this kind of stuff. I was just made a note when we were talking about this, that the voice I hear in grace is, trust me, mm. trust me with this. Mm. Like our, our paradigm sometimes of a growth mindset would be that we just have to, we have to try harder, right? We have to put in mm. more effort. We have to strive more, which is the actual opposite of what this kenosis process is. It's opening up, it's letting go, it's, it's trying softer, it's not trying mm. harder. And we have to be able to embrace that, like letting go of that that effort and that control. Because um, you think about like a plant or a child, like they don't strive to grow, right? They're not making internal efforts to grow. It is just a natural outpouring, right? But when you cling to something, um, it can really stunt and shape the way that you're able to grow. And so kenosis is so crucial, to letting go, to trusting the process, to trusting that there's a divine presence out there guiding, that there is grace that will be sufficient for us. Um, it's not trying harder. It's trying softer. So one of the awakenings is to uh, a divine presence that isn't going, I'm good, you're bad, try harder. It's in some gentle, kind, very meaningful way helping us see what's hurting us. Right. And then giving us the courage and the strength to work it out. Right. And so often it is the effort of the working it out that is actually what is hurting us. Mm-hmm. If you strive with perfectionism, man, that try harder mindset can kill you. And uh, you got to you got to empty out. You got to empty that out. Is working it out. Let letting it's not us doing the work. It's letting the powerlessness of our situation and grace do its work on us and in us. I think this um, names something on page 202 uh, really well. Again? 202. Oh, no, it was 201 before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're on the next page now. (laughs) Keep up. No. Um, Friends, Seth can read. (laughs) (laughs) Where Scott says, and the reason we don't go deeper with God and Mm -hmm. form new patterns is because we're afraid our whole life might collapse if we let go of the patterns that keep us Mm -hmm. attached to false beliefs. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's really uh, valuable to just name, you know, as we've as Scott says all the time, like we cling, we fiercely cling to what we know, right? So there's a part of this that requires a serious level of courageousness. Courage. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It is It is a very courageous thing to let go of what is known 
and fall into grace, which is unknown, and mm. trust that it's going to be goodness there waiting for us. I find that I can be very um, much in denial by saying, I trust you, God, mm. but yet I won't let go of what I'm really, really trusting. I can't tell you how many times I go to God with, I need you to do this, <laughs> you know, and this is, and it usually is around what I've, I won't let go of. I need you somehow to secure this for me. And here's God saying, you got to trust me, let it all go. And it takes tremendous courage to empty up our hands of what we've been clinging to. Um, and I think for most of us, I mean, all our lives, we have pretty much derived what I feel I need for joy and happiness and love in my life. And, um, and, and, and a lot of those things are true, but I have to, to let go of trying to control the outcomes of those. That, to me, is a growth mindset. Because if my hope is in something that I cannot control, that's a very, very difficult place to live life from. Because it's, it's impossible. You might get lucky some of the times. You might get lucky. But, but even there, there's nothing in this life that we can hold on to. Eventually, we lose everything. Scott, what do you think is the difference of how do you know you're not just saying I'm trusting and you know you're, you're falling into grace? Like, well, what does that, what does that I, actually look like? Or feel like it's 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 very easy. It's it's what it feels. It's anxiety. anxiety. When I'm ex I'm experiencing anxiety, it is definitely revealing where my trust is, mm. what I'm still really holding on to. Right. The things that we worry about are the things we have not really fully relinquished. Um, I had a friend share just a really practical tactic with me this week that I think is amazing. I would love to share that. But when you are struggling with those anxious and worried feelings, like take a moment and make a list, right? What are the things specifically that you are worrying about? And then anything that you cannot control, cross through that list. Mm. I think it's a great visual mm. of just really recognizing, okay, what is within my power and what is not? And if it's something that's out of our control, which so much of life is out of our control, I think by and large, what we can control are our choices and our attitudes. And that's it. Wow, that's that's helpful, Anna. I said this years ago when we started Restore that, that life-controlling issues, the definition of an addiction, Gerald May said, was control. Mm -hmm. So the things that we go to to control what we can't control ends up controlling us and then it spins my life out of control and so that's a this topic of kenosis is so huge letting go of the things that we're trying to those and that's what may would refer to as attachments that's really where my um this circumstance here whatever this is i'm putting that hope into it's it's going to control me and and we cannot control circumstances Nope. Which is what, and that's what Henry Nouwen talks about in his definition of hope. We call hope as really just wishes. I'm wishing this circumstance will work out this way. We have a predetermined outcome. He says true hope isn't in wishes, but it's in the open, it's open-ended, it's in the promises of God. It's trust. Mm -hmm. But but you have to let go. And 
remember what Nouwen said about the trapeze. It's, you know, the, it's if the person who's going to be let go and get caught by the other person, they cannot try to grab them. They have to just mm. let that person or it messes it all up. So it's, it's all about trust. Yeah, you get, what is that? You get rope burn from holding on too tight, mm. right? Um, I just wanted to name too a, a, a practice. There's preemptive work that we can be doing, you know, for when, um, you know, something needs to be let go of. Um, and, and one of my favorite practices around this is what um, is called centering prayer. And it's, it's, it is a practice of kenosis. It is one of the best ones that I'm familiar with. If anybody's interested in learning more about it, you can just Google Thomas Keating, Centering Prayer. Um, but I, I just, you know, we talked about um, a little bit of letting go of, of things, the courage of letting go, you know. And one of the, one of the rules, uh, sort of rules, I guess you can call it, in, in the, the Centering Prayer is um, when a thought comes, um, you use what's called your sacred word um, as, a, as kind of like a soft windshield wiper. It's, you just kind of, mm. you know, let it pass on by. But it's said that even when a brilliant idea comes in, you know, you just let, you it, still go. Just let it go. And that for me is really difficult. Uh, I've been practicing Centering Prayer a little bit more recently. And I'm coming up with, you know, fresh, new, fun ideas to share or write about or whatever. And sometimes they come during centering prayer, and I'm like, "Well, wait, if I don't, I'm going to lose that forever." But part of it is like trusting, and you, you, they say you're supposed to simply you let go of everything. You don't hold on to anything. It's everything gets let go of. But this this practice of centering prayer is a very very valuable practice for um, kenosis. Yeah, and that's making hearing you say that that's making room for something new, even when a good thought comes by. Mm-hmm. Um, letting it go is keeping that space open for divine presence and divine participation. That so beautiful, so helpful. Well, Scott, kenosis. We're gonna end this uh, this day in this episode. What what's what's the final word here for for our listeners to to ponder? One of the most famous verses is, I think quoted throughout the world is, "Be still and know that I am God." Mm. And when I, th- as I work on this process of kenosis, that's what I hear God saying. Be still is let go and know that I will take care of you. Trust mm-hmm. me, you know, um, and know that I'm your God, that I love you. I know right where you are. I know all your struggles. I know all your weaknesses. I know everything you've ever done. And... Um, let go of the old, the tired, make room for me and want to bring. And that is, uh, that's really what transformation is. And I love what Father Keating, you know, just, he said something one time that um, they did a video of him in some news channel right when he was dying and they wanted to, they interviewed him just at the end of his life and he knew his time was coming to an end. And they asked him if he was scared of dying. And Keating gave the most beautiful answer, the most simplistic answer I've ever heard for the most tough question that if you were to ask me, I would be, I don't know how I would respond. He just smiled and looked at the camera and said, if you really trust God, you don't have a care in the world. Mm. I just, 
And I thought, wow, that man has truly let go and been filled with divine. And he's free. And so kenosis is the beginning, I believe, of the freedom that we all, all seek. We can't say we want something new while we're still clinging fiercely and holding on to something that's old and tired. Got to let it go. The ultimate letting go is falling into this mystery of love at the center of the human experience and reality. Mm. And um, yeah, that's, that's one of my most difficult ones too. It takes great courage to, to let go of it all and, and trust that there really is a loving mystery that's holding us, guiding us. And so uh, just know friends that this process of kenosis, we do not think is easy. (laughs) Um, It's not a magic pill, but it is real. And there is a reality of divine presence that, that we can all experience. And so uh, we invite you to uh, consider not doing that alone if you find yourself doing this alone. Um, and we'd love for you to visit us online at restoresmallgroups.org. And you could check out some of the other resources we have, um, small groups that you can join. But please open your heart to the fact that none of us have to do this alone. We're all on this journey. And over every mountain, there is a path. And the future rewards those who discover it and press on. So stay on the path and take care, friends. Hey, it's Anna. Thanks so much for tuning into the Searching Inward podcast. If you've enjoyed listening or have benefited in any way from the podcast, we would love for you to come alongside and join us in the mission to bring hope and healing to the world. By considering becoming a monthly giver of even $5, you're making a huge impact on the ways we're able to serve. Please consider giving by going to www.restoresmallgroups.org backslash donate. Thank you.